You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Bears fans to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. It has been a very long wait, nine weeks in fact, since we have seen NFC North Division action with the Chicago Bears involved. But finally we're back and it's going to be at Soldier Field against the Detroit Lions. Of course at 5-3 and three, uh, as the record on the year, this will be a huge matchup when looking at playoff implications down the line. So this one's very important. And we're going to break down the most important matchups within the game. So without further ado, let's kick it off with matchup number one, cornerback Prince Mukamara versus up-and-coming wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay. When looking at Prince Mukamara's stat line, nothing really pops off the page, but that's just kind of standard operating procedure for him. He has 24 tackles on the year, three passes defended, and of course that pick six on Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. But that was all the way back in week two. However, like I mentioned, that's just kind of how he plays. I think he has some of the best feet of any corner I've ever watched. He doesn't get fooled by the head fakes and shoulder fakes that a lot of wide receivers put on display in the NFL. He keeps very disciplined, matching the receiver's feet with his own feet. That puts him in position to deny a lot of throws by quarterbacks, which is why you don't see a whole lot of statistics on the end of Prince Mukamara. And that's going to be really important for denying throws because he is going to go against the Detroit Lions leading receiver in Kenny Galladay, Currently, 33 receptions on 48 targets for 523 yards and three touchdowns on the year. He is a year two player, and he has become a very dynamic weapon and an offense that loves to sling the football with Jim Bob Cooter as the offensive coordinator and, of course, Matthew Stafford as the long-established quarterback. It's going to be a really fun matchup to watch as an up-and-comer goes against someone who really denies throws. I think Matthew Stafford's going to try to fit a few in there. This might be a game where we see Prince of Mukamara add a few more pass deflections or maybe even an interception on the stat sheet. Remember, early on in training camp, Prince of Mukamara said that he wanted to get 10 interceptions on the year. Well, he's got a lot of work to do in this backstretch of the year, and it certainly wouldn't hurt taking a few from the Detroit Lions in this matchup of the game. Now, looking at matchup number two, we're going to have rookie linebacker Roquan Smith going against the pass-catching running back for the Detroit Lions, Theo Riddick. Now, Roquan Smith has been all over the field for the Chicago Bears this season. He has 53 tackles and two sacks. Those 53 tackles are good enough for second on the team. However, there was a bit of a glaring aspect of Roquan Smith's game against the Buffalo Bills. When targeted in the game, 11 of 11 targets were completed against Roquan Smith for 100 total yards. 75 of those were yards after the catch. Now, a lot of these, when I was watching film, were due to blitzes, which Nathan Peterman was getting the ball out quick to his backs or a tight end, and they were able to get some yards after the catch. This is tough for a linebacker, uh, especially because they're exploiting that space and getting out really fast. I think they recognized that a little bit as Fangio was being quite aggressive throughout that game. Paid off great dividends. However, I guarantee you, if the Bears send pressure again, that Matthew Stafford and the whole Detroit Lions uh, offense has recognized that tendency and will often get the ball out quick into the flat. 
Roquan Smith was a guy who was drafted to be kind of this new age linebacker and that he could cover these kinds of guys flaring out of the backfield. It's a difficult task for any linebacker, but this is one that I would expect Roquan Smith to really work on this week. And he'll have his work cut out for him because Theoretic is exactly the type of running back that excels in those situations. He doesn't rush a lot. He only has eight carries on the year for 30 yards, but where he has always done his damage is in the passing game. He has 30 receptions on uh, 38 targets for 174 yards, but 142 of those yards are on yards after catch. If there was ever an opportunity to right a wrong from one week to the next, it's going to be Roquan Smith going against Theo Riddick in the pass game. I think the Bears are going to give the Detroit Lions to a lot of third and medium to longs. So this would be a situation we see play out a lot of times. So a key matchup to watch as we go on to Sunday's game. Onwards to matchup number three, we have... Rookie wide receiver Anthony Miller going against the cornerback Tease Tabor for the Detroit Lions. Now, Anthony Miller last week had a relatively productive game. He had five receptions on six targets for 49 yards in the win last week. Now, I consider that really important. And the overall passing game against the Buffalo Bills, I think, disappointed some Bears fans. There's some situational stuff to take into account. Uh, I I don't get too upset about the performance overall. But I find it very important that Anthony Miller was a reliable target, hauling in five of those six targets. Because I look at the three weeks prior, and he was six of 18. Now, not all of that is on Anthony Miller. However, I did get on Anthony Miller for a few of those targets in the Patriots game that were kind of 50-50 balls that I expect him to come down with, especially for the high draft pick that he was worth, and especially considering that he showed the talent to come down with those during training camp. However, he was able to make use of his opportunities against the Buffalo Bills, like I said, hauling in five of those six targets. So that'll be something to key in on. Whenever he's targeted, it's going to be really important considering they're going to be across the middle. I envision him being a target on a lot of third downs because the person he is going against, Tease Tabor, has 20 tackles on the year and no passes defended in 117 snaps. His rating on pro football focus is pretty low. It's It's within the mid-20s. To put that into perspective, the only other player I've seen rated that low is none other than Nathan Peterman. Need I say more, this is a match that the Bears are going to have to exploit throughout the entire game. And this might finally be the Anthony Miller coming out party that we've been waiting for for a few weeks. We've seen some flashy plays, but we have not seen the game that should be his coming out party for the receiver that I think he will be throughout the next 10 years in Chicago. For matchup number four, we have... Charles Leno versus Ezekiel Ansa. Yes, to those of you who have been listening to these matchups all season, Charles Leno's back again, and he's going to be going up against an old friend at this point, Ezekiel Ansa. They have met up a number of times at this point. I always write down notes for all these matchups. A lot of the things I write down are the statistics I read off to you guys, but underneath Charles Leno Jr., all I have written is model of consistency, and that's exactly what he's been to this point in the season. For whatever reason, Pro Football Focus dropped his ranking quite a bit this week. He was the number two tackle uh, last week, and now he's number 13. I I think that's a load of malarkey, uh, for lack of better terms, because he shut down a pretty productive pass rusher in Jerry Hughes, and he's going to have an opportunity to shut down another big name. However, it's been big name only for Ezekiel Anza this year. He's only appeared in two games. He was playing last week against the Minnesota Vikings. However, he was able to record another sack on the year. He has two sacks in two games, one in each. He has been productive in the limited time he has been able to be on the field. And these are two guys, like I mentioned at the beginning, they know each other. They have met up a number of times. 
It's nowhere near what Charles Tillman and Calvin Johnson was, but this will be a fun matchup to watch within the division against two guys who really know each other. And of course, a very key place, blindside rusher versus left tackle in today's pass-heavy NFL. Now on to matchup number five, the game breaker of the week. It is going to be Mitchell Trubisky versus safety Quandre Diggs of the Detroit Lions. Now, this was originally going to be Darius Slay. However, he has recently been ruled out. Chicago Bears fans rejoice. However, this entire Detroit Lions secondary, deceivingly good against the pass. They have allowed the fourth least pass yards throughout the entire NFL to this point in the year. Mitchell Trubisky last week, definitely a little less productive than a lot of people would have liked to see. The, the Buffalo Bills provide a better defense than I think a lot of people gave them credit for. However, 12 of 20 for 135 yards, one touchdown and one pick. A little bit of a disappointment, did not seem efficient, did not seem to have his mechanics in the right place at times. The Bears are going to need a better performance out of Mitchell Trubisky this week. This is division play. Nothing is a given anymore. The Detroit Lions are not trotting out Nathan Peterman. They are trotting out a very solid quarterback in Matthew Stafford, one that is familiar with this Vic Fangio defense, regardless of whether Khalil Mack is on it or not. It changes the pass rush aspect, but he knows essentially what Vic Fangio likes to do from a defensive standpoint. Mitchell Trubisky is going to have to score points this game. He's going to have to lead an offense this game. He can't rely on multiple takeaways and touchdowns on defense to support him this week. One thing that I think will be key against that, and not only going against Quandre Diggs, but the entire Detroit Lions defense is going to be his rushing game. Trubisky didn't need to run with the ball last week. He didn't need to endanger himself like that. Only run rush for six yards. But I think he's going to utilize his legs a little bit more this week. Keep the change rolling that way. And also make the defense respect him as a runner as well. That really pulls the linebackers and the safeties as well. It makes them not want to turn their head and dedicate themselves to man coverage nearly as much. And it also makes them a little bit more wary in zone coverage. And in zone coverage, all you need is just a few yards of space. All you need is uh, the linebackers or safeties to take their eye off someone entering their zone just for a second longer, and that opens the window. Now, when looking at Quandre Diggs, specifically has 42 tackles on the year, four passes defended, and one interception for a touchdown. That was against Sam Darnold on his first pass in the NFL. However, important to note, that was a throwback across the field. It wasn't a design one like Coach Nagy usually employs. But that is something to note that the one interception he has on the year is on a throwback. And that is something that the Bears have done a little bit, especially in the red zone this year. So that'll be something to look for as well. However, overall, Mitchell Trubisky going against a team that has, for the most part, limited offenses when it comes to passing the ball, at least from a yardage standpoint. It'll be important for Trubisky to break that, and that should be a lot easier with the absence of Darius Slay. However, a great matchup to watch. The Bears have not been in a position, and Mitchell Trubisky has not been in a position where division games this late in the year have counted for something so significant. For Trubisky to go against a team that is rated like this uh, so high and at least stopping the pass yardage-wise and bringing the Bears a victory against the division going to be very important to watch, and that is exactly why it's my game-breaker this week. 
So there are all five of my matchups, but that means it is time to go back through with my winning edge where I break down who should be the favorite in every single matchup that I've broken down so far. So let's take it right back up to the top. Number one, Prince of Mukamara versus Kenny Galladay. I think experience wins out here. Prince of Mukamara, quietly one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. Him and Kyle Fuller pair up really well. I think Mukamara shuts down Kenny Galladay for the most part on Sunday. Matchup to the Chicago Bears. Going back to matchup number two, Roquan Smith versus Theo Riddick. I think Smith is going to button up a lot of the mistakes he made against Buffalo. He's going to be triggering a lot faster down on a running back like Riddick, especially considering all that he's done in his career. However, it's that experience and the role as a receiver out of the backfield that I have to give this matchup to Theo Riddick. I think it's going to be a better performance out of Roquan Smith, but Riddick has been doing this for a long time. He hasn't had someone quite as athletic or as menacing as Roquan Smith chasing him down in the past, in my opinion. However, I still think Riddick is going to be able to make a few plays, enough that I'm going to have to give this matchup in favor of the Detroit Lions. Now back to matchup number three, Anthony Miller versus Tease Taylor. I compared the guy to Nathan Peterman with his grading. I don't think I have to go much further than that when I'm hinting at who is going to get the edge in this matchup. Anthony Miller... Chicago Bears take another matchup in this one. And that will take us to matchup number four, the mainstay of this entire matchup series, Charles Leno Jr. going against Ezekiel Anza. I've given it to Charles Leno to this point in the year so many times because he has been so consistent. And like I mentioned, the only thing I have written down here is model of consistency. I think he continues that forward. Charles Leno brings home another matchup for the Chicago Bears. And that brings us back to our game-breaker matchup, Mitchell Trubisky versus Quandre Diggs, and really that entire Detroit Lions secondary. I think this is the game that Mitchell Trubisky is going to come out, and he is going to prove that he will be a force that the NFC North will have to reckon with for a long time. It's going to be a tough matchup for him, but remember that he had a pretty solid game against the Detroit Lions at Soldier Field last season, a very productive first half, and of course, that fourth down scamper that really led us to believe that he had big time potential when the moment was big. Of course, we know how that uh, game tying field goal went, but that uh, performance should give Mitchell Dubisky confidence, especially with the Soldier Field faithful cheering him on. This matchup will go to Mitchell Dubisky. And there you have it. That is four matchups in favor of the Chicago Bears, who just won for the Detroit Lions. These teams are kind of looking like they're going in opposite directions. Of course, the mirrored record of 5-3 and three to 3-5 three and five kind of helped that image play itself out. But the Bears are starting to get healthy. They have their big stars in Cleo Mack and Allen Robinson coming back. I left them off of this because it's hard to expect guys coming off of a few weeks of absence to come in and make a really big impact. The Bears have been playing with these guys that I've mentioned, and they have been winning with these guys that I've mentioned, and I bet that at least within the game plan, these are the guys that they really hope to harp on and lean on for at least this game as guys like Khalil Mack and Robinson come back and kind of get their feet under them a little bit, although we do expect them to still have an impact at some point. But at the end of the day, like I mentioned, these are two teams that look like they're going in opposite directions. This is a team that the Bears need to beat. This is a home division game, which by itself, the guys have mentioned that division games have kind of been a struggle for the Chicago Bears in the past and that they really need to get over this hump. A home game is the perfect way to start that. And I look forward to hopefully watching a new tradition start on Sunday of NFC North dominance by the Chicago Bears. However, before you get to that game on Sunday... The man, the myth, the legend, Will DeWitt, the host of the Bears Brothers podcast, is going to take you through the three keys which will unlock a victory for the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions. 
So without further ado, here are those keys. Thanks, Will, for that fantastic introduction, as always. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and just jump right into the Week 10 keys. And my very first key is going to be anchor down along the boundaries. The Detroit Lions have an offense that makes its living along the boundaries, and this is true for both its passing attack and run game. Detroit seldomly beats defenses inside the numbers or between the tackles. For the Bears' defense, if they can shut down what Detroit wants to do on the outside, then Chicago shouldn't have much problem limiting the offense throughout the game. Matthew Stafford, he lost his go-to slot receiver in Golden Tate, and so he's going to rely on his outside threats even more. We'll see plenty of targets going to Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay. On the year, nine of Stafford's 14 touchdowns have came right when he's thrown to either sideline. He's found most of his success when throwing towards the right sideline, where he has six touchdowns and a quarterback rating over 100. Whereas when he targets the middle of the field, he has a pass rating of only 81, and 9% of his throws all season long have gone to the middle of the field. So that's less than one in every 10. If Prince Mukamara and Kyle Fuller can provide some tight coverage on Gallaudet and Jones, everything else will fall into place. Fuller has the toughest matchup heading into the game as Stafford tends to rely on the throws to the right side of the field. But again, if the Bears can take away the sideline throws and force Stafford to look inside, that could be enough to get a sack or at the very least throw a contested ball in a congested area of the field. And of course, forcing Detroit up the middle is also true for its run game. When they attempt to run it to either sideline, they average nearly 7 yards per carry. Detroit is very good at establishing the edge and getting big games with outside runs. Now that's due to the rookie Kieran Johnson too, who was able to make uh, some plays with his quickness and his agility, uh, especially in space. But when the Lions attempt to stick it between the tackles, their average drops to only three yards per carry. They're not nearly as effective. So for the Bears outside linebackers, and I'm glad Khalil Mack's back this week, keeping contained is going to be key. If they can set the edge and not allow Detroit to move it and reestablish it and make it their own, uh, if the linebackers can funnel the backs inside where guys like Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, inside linebackers Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan are flowing to the football, Chicago should be able to limit the Lions' attempts on the ground. And when it comes to these battles through the air and on the ground, uh, forcing Detroit to kind of focus on the middle of the field is potentially the most effective way to shut them, shut them down all game long. Moving on to my second key, I have established a run, making an old school game. Now we've talked about it all week. Detroit has a very porous run defense and the Bears should be able to find success if they stick to running the football. Even though the Lions defensive line isn't a unit to completely overlook, they are susceptible to being beaten at the point of attack. And then the Lions linebackers. They're an average unit that often does not do a good job with their run fits. They're slow to fill their gaps. So in the Lions three wins, they give up 92 rushing yards per game. But in their five losses this season, that average climbs all the way up to 160. And I know you can say that teams tend to run the ball more once they're winning, and that's true. But there's no way, even in your losses, you should be averaging 160 yards given up on the ground, in particular in today's NFL. Now remember, the Lions are 0-5 when they give up at least 120 yards on the ground, so the Bears must establish a run. And if they do, that's going to set up the play action because the Lions, they play a lot of man coverage and without Darius Slay this week too. So if we can get off the bus running, at the moment that we attempt the play action pass uh, with their eyes on the quarterback, the defenders, uh, the secondary, that should really suck up the defense enough to create some separation for the Bears wideouts and some nice windows for Trubisky to kind of hit in the passing game. So just establish a run, make it an old school game, uh, go back to the old days of this black and blue division. 
The Bears are the better team, and if they can make this a smash-mouth football kind of game, they should be able to bully the Lions' defense all game long. The Lions have been atrocious in terms of their run defense, so for Matt Nagy, don't overcomplicate it and just shove it down their throats all game long. And now on to my third and final key, red zone efficiency. Because when it comes down to it, if the Bears are not scoring six once they reach the red zone, they could end up on the wrong side of the final score. Detroit doesn't allow a crazy amount of red zone trips or anything. In fact, they sit perfectly in the middle of the league, uh, 16th, only allowing three-point trips to the red zone per game. So for the Bears, they'll need to capitalize each time they reach the red area of the field. Settling for field goals is how they keep Detroit hanging around for far too long. Now, the good news is once teams reach the red zone on the Lions, they tend to find Pater. At least they have over the last three weeks. For the season, Detroit is 12th, only allowing touchdowns on about 50% of these trips. But over their last three games, they've been allowing scores on three-fourths of those red zone trips, so 75%. The Bears do have the ninth best red zone offense in terms of efficiency, and they must play up to that level this week. If they settle for field goals, I do have a hunch and a fear that Detroit, uh, with this opportunity to kind of keep pace, it's not going to bode well for Chicago. But And against an, a divisional opponent at home, the Bears must put them in a hole early. In order to do just that, the Bears must not stall once they reach the red zone. So capitalize on red zone chances, force the Lions, who are now without their best playmaker, to keep up against a very strong Bears defense. If they can do that and make it a grinder on the ground and keep the Lions' offense off the field for a large portion of the game, I like your chances, and I think the Bears should be able to win rather easily. All right, that's a wrap. If the Bears can force Detroit to beat them in the middle of the field, establish a ground game, and capitalize on their red zone chances, they should find themselves with their first divisional win since 2016. Now, I hope that you enjoyed all of our Week 10 preview content throughout the week, and if you missed any, I encourage you to go back to listen for more insight about this upcoming game. But we'll talk to you as soon as the final whistle blows on Sunday. But until then, I'm going to run to get some cold medicine. Hopefully I'm feeling better by kickoff. But of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.